Welcome into Home Court Press Utah Jazz Talk. This is your host, Brian Priest, joined as always by McCade Pearson. And today, McCade, we, we kind of struggled with what we wanted to talk about. We threw a few ideas out there, but it's kind of the doldrums of the NBA season, isn't it? Yeah, the Jazz have a really fun, you know, end of the first half schedule right here that is super important. So we'll kind of lead up to that. But we're going to do something a little different today, talk about some more unique things with Jazz players involved, and we'll go from there. Little unique stuff with the Jazz, but I wanted to start, McCade and I, as we were preparing for today's podcast, we felt like there was a, a bit of a hole in the news cycle when it comes to the Olympics and NBA players going over to Japan and hopefully playing in the Olympics. It hasn't been announced that they are canceled just yet. I wouldn't be surprised if that cancellation comes down at any point. But for the time being, they're planning on having the Olympics in Tokyo in July, I believe it is. Right, McCade? Yep. They start on Friday the 25th, and then they'll go to Sunday, August 7th. Um, yeah, I saw a report they were going to cancel it. And then like three days later, I saw another report that's like, we're not canceling it no matter what. So I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we'll just wait for more official and better sources to make a statement. But for now, we're going to plan on it happening, and the Jazz could have players on half of the Olympic team. So we'll see how it all plays out. But we'll dive into that. But first, we go around the NBA, do some news and notes, talk a little bit of Jazz, and then we can get into that. Yeah, let's do the news and notes. And as I was looking through, really the big thing that came up yesterday was the Toronto Raptors have decided they announced yesterday that they're going to be staying in Tampa Bay for the entirety of this season. I didn't I didn't even know that was something that was up in the air, honestly. I thought that was kind of a foregone conclusion. Was I wrong to assume that? That's what I assumed. I assumed maybe they I didn't think they'd be such I didn't think they announced such like specifics. I thought it'd be like one week that you'd be like, Hey, let's go back to Toronto next week. But I for sure thought it'd be at least to like the playoffs or something. So no surprise there. They'll be in Tampa Bay when the Jazz visit them in the second half of the season. Um so yeah, that's that. Hey, maybe that's a good thing for the Raptors, though. Everything in Tampa seems to be turning to gold lately with the, the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, the Bucks obviously winning the Super Bowl over the weekend, and then the Rays playing in the World Series and having every opportunity to win. So maybe maybe Tampa knows something that we don't, and Toronto's yeah. staying for another reason. I think everyone's calling it Tampa Bay now. So. Yeah, Tampa Bay. I mean, real fun <laughs> place. Um yeah, uh, Lakers won three straight overtime games. So that kind of sucks for the Jazz in the standings because the Jazz can't catch a break and get some room up on the Lakers before this hard stretch. And three straight overtime games, I believe two against the Thunder and one against the Pistons nonetheless. They've yep. been able to pull them all out. So that's rough, but man, three straight overtime games is uh, something to watch. One of them was a double overtime game, too, if I remember right. And yes, the Lakers did win all three of those games, but do, do all those extra minutes come back to haunt them at some point in this season, especially with more <laughs> of a more of a veteran roster? Uh, you know, LeBron's just amazing. He's uh, yeah. over 40 minutes in all three of those games, and I really do fear with how amazing LeBron is, we're going to watch his career just flip a switch kind of like Kobe or Dominique Wilkins or some other guys where he just has so many minutes, it's just going to be one random injury and it's going to be boom, that second, and it's like basically over. So LeBron's been crazy, crazy, crazy healthy his whole career. I hope he stays crazy, crazy healthy because these minutes are catching up. He should be third in regular season minutes here in a couple months, and he's already by far number one in playoff minutes. So, yeah, he's he's up there. That's not including international play. He doesn't have college on his uh, feet, but that's okay. Like, He's played some heavy, heavy minutes. 
Well, LeBron isn't the only guy to take into consideration there. As a guy who has Anthony Davis on his fantasy team this year, I can tell you that he has had all kinds of dings and bangs and reasons that he's been on the the injury report and he's missing a game for you know a foot or he's got an ankle that he he's dealing with or there's a calf there's I, there's all kinds of things that Anthony Davis deals with anyway, and every every extra minute of a close game like that, 20 extra minutes of overtime basketball, could be something that has an impact on the Lakers. Of course, it's probably impossible to actually tell two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months down the road if the 20 minutes played now had an impact, but when it's against two bad teams in the Thunder and the, the Pistons, you're probably kind of disappointed at that, at the very least. Yeah, so it is what it is. Um, we were talking before the show. I said you just control what you can control, but it's kind of funny because as fans, we can't control any of it. We have just as much control of the Lakers game as we do the Jazz game. But at least for the Jazz perspective and the actual players and stuff, you control what you control and what happens, happens. So Jazz are winning. We didn't get a chance to talk about the win against Boston, but they looked good there. Donovan looked great. Rudy looked absolutely fantastic. You know, big three-game road trip they won, and they beat Boston. Now they have a fun weekend where they play on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. So... Jazz look great. They're taking care of business. Hopefully they keep that up. It's been a really fun season so far. I'm not sure if there's much else to talk about around the league. Donovan Mitchell, fourth in all-star voting. A little rant about all-star voting. It doesn't matter. Fans <laughs> only determine 50% of the starters. And if you look at just like the starters, they get it right every year for the most part. And if they don't, the players and media balance it out to make sure it's nothing absolutely insane. But Donovan is fourth in guards. 1.5 million behind the top three. But still good to see Donovan get a little bit of recognition. Let's start talking about that right now, McCade. We might as well jump into some of that all-star conversation as it pertains to the Jazz. Who do you think deserves an all-star nod more? I think you and I can probably come to a consensus that Rudy deserves to be an all-star once again. But if we're looking at the Jazz guards, is it Mike Conley or is it Donovan Mitchell? Do you go with the young star or do you go with the Lifetime Achievement Award for the veteran Mike Conley? Like, who deserves it more, and who should it actually ultimately go to? Yeah, so there's kind of nine locks in the West right now. And, of course, so it gets really fluky because the 15 Western Conference coaches will vote for the seven reserves. And you can vote for your own players, so Quinn vote doesn't matter. And there's only 15 of them. You only vote for your own conference. So it gets really small sample size really fast with only those 14 votes. And I'm assuming everybody votes for PG, AD, Gobert, and uh, Luca. I'm assuming those four get in pretty easily, which leaves three spots for everybody. And so, yeah, you kind of have four options if you're a Jazz fan. You assume Rudy's in, but do all these coaches really put Colby and Mitchell as two of their last three in? That's interesting. Do they split the votes like 7-7 and all of a sudden both of them awkwardly miss it? That's a slight, although I think very unrealistic, possibility. Or does one of them get 10, one of them gets 4, and one of them gets in is also another chance. Personally, I think it's Donovan. The numbers are just there. The narrative is just there. But the low posted their all-stars yesterday, and they both had Donovan as their 11th, 12th guy in. Barely, barely in. And uh, Kevin Pelton was like, no, call me in. Call me one of my locks. You can't take call me out. The advanced numbers are fantastic. He's a top five, top ten player in the league this year. He's yada, 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 just been fantastic. So we'll see how the coaches vote. Um, I've heard rumors that some coaches will spend a couple hours on it. Some coaches spend 30 seconds on it. Some coaches give it to the analytics department. Some coaches give it to their ball boy. It's not as a scientific process of every coach sits down for an hour and actually cares. So with 14 votes, a different 
carrying levels and all that fun stuff, a lot of fluky stuff can happen, um, especially with the way the votes are. So one good thing is positions aren't that much of a thing. They are enough of a thing that Rudy Gobert will make it because he's a front court player, and there's just not three front court players um, that deserve a spot guaranteed. You know, Zion probably takes that third front court player, but it will be interesting to see how the cookie crumbles because there's just so many possibilities and such a small sample size that a lot of different things can happen. But I would go Mitchell personally. Um, I don't care about the economy injury. I don't think that matters too much. But I think Mitchell just has the narrative around him. I think when teams game plan, they game plan for Mitchell more than they do Conley. And that's just gonna, the way it's going to fall. But it will be close, and I could see 0-1 or both getting in. What's going to end up mattering more? Is it going to be individual on-court play, or is it going to be team results? I personally am of the opinion that unless the Jazz remain in the one spot in the West, they're not going to have three All-Stars. If they stay in the one spot... There's an opportunity, there's a window there where they could get a third All-Star. But outside uh, of holding on to the one spot, I, I have a lot of doubts about whether or not the, the both guards will end up getting in, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. And I'm just, I, I'm kind of of the old guard that, you know what, let's give this guy a tip of the cap and maybe Donovan deserves it more. You can definitely make an argument there, but... Mike Conley, over the course of his career, he deserves to get that all-star nod at, on his resume and something that he can talk about when he retires. And you know, just one more thing to go toward what hopefully is eventually a Hall of Fame resume. If it ends up being a Hall of Fame resume, it's because he does an, an awful lot with the Utah Jazz and possibly wins a couple of titles. Yeah, and see, that's the interesting thing is because you get to these coaches and it's easy to say, oh, if they're the one seed this, if they're the two seed that, if they're the three seed this. Speaking of, Quinn's up like three and a half games on the Clippers right now to be the coach of the All-Star game, so that's fun. I, I like how have, you have this little running Quinn tally about I know. him being the it's, All-Star coach. It's, it's great. There's only like 10 days left. Basically, whoever wins the, the Jackson Steel game in L.A. next week, he's for sure the All-Star coach. But back to the one seed thing, I just don't know how many coaches are legitimately going to stop look at the standings and say, okay, I'm going to vote for the third Jazz player simply because they're half a game up on the Lakers, or I'm not going to vote for the third Jazz player simply because they're half a game behind the Lakers. Um, there's just so many other factors. I do wonder how much, how good did they play against this? Like everyone's talking about, you know, you want to finish strong, right? The next week you want to play really well, but the Jazz play all Eastern Conference teams the next week. Like how much does a game against Milwaukee matter tonight if only the Western Conference coaches are voting? Are they really paying attention to this game that much? So there's all thousands of variables. And only 14 votes, so it could get, as I said, it can get kind of fluky at times, but that's the fun of it, right? I just wish they weren't actually going to play an all-star game. I, I've thought more about it since our conversation last week, and I really think it's just idiocy to even attempt to play an all-star game. Why? The guys don't want to be there. You're putting all of your best players all in one location, and... Th- you know, the increased odds of somebody at the All-Star game contracting coronavirus and then just by contact tracing, two dozen of the best players in the league miss the next two weeks. Like, what a disaster would that be? So what's the point if that's a possibility? Yeah, that's the thing. Is It's not like, oh, player A gave to player B and now those teams are shut down. It's the way the contact tracing would work. They'd probably still play their games just without their star. So we'll see. As I said last week, I don't necessarily see the – downside i just don't see the upside what's the point like what are you getting out of this and i get it sounds like cba talk here but it sounds like the players uh kind of want it as a 
leverage to get an 18th roster spot either this season or next season or something like that, either a third two-way or a 16th actual or something like that. And this is just doing it to be nice and kind of get some leverage, um, which is kind of the whole fun conversation of your 200 to 400 best players matter more than your top 10 players and that kind of whole hierarchy, which we don't need to get into today. But it is interesting that a lot of the top players don't want to, and those are the ones that have to play it. But they also have to do their thing to take care of the bottom half of the league and it's a fun, fun situation. So, it's not we'll a fun see. situation. It's a, it's a terrible Basketball situation. Basketball's always, fun. <laughs> but I do get what you're saying. If you want to talk about from the COVID sense, it's a uh, not as fun situation. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But let's talk about something that's a little bit farther out in the future. More question marks about it, but also might feel a little bit more comfortable and airing towards saying that it will it looks like it will go off and that's the olympics and what we really care about is olympic basketball so the olympic pairings were announced last week right mccade yeah or they, the groupings were ago, announced. They, they did it last minute <laughs> they usually i try and watch those things live but they only announced like 36 40 hours in advance so i didn't get a chance to watch it live um but they did change from two groups of six to three groups of four this year so you're only going to have three group stage games, only six games total. So a little lighter workload for the Olympics than normal. So that's good. <clears throat> but yep, so we have three groups of four to kind of break down a little bit and some qualifying tournaments and all that fun stuff. So what group do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Group A in the U.S.? Yeah, let's start with Group A. How the teams qualified is the World Cup a couple of years ago, where you finished. If you were the best finisher on your continent, you got in the Olympics. Europe got to, and the Americas and FIBA is actually considered one continent, so they got to being the United States and Argentina. Um, but right off the bat, France and the United States, opening day, probably opening game of the Olympics, is Rudy Gobert coming off his upset win over the United States, playing in the group stage. So we're going to assume all NBA players are there for the most part, and we'll see which are opt-out, which go to the finals, and you know a little shaky to get over there in a few days, all that fun stuff. But regardless, a France-United States game to start the Olympics is, like, super, super exciting for me anyway. That would be a lot of fun. There's so many storylines to take from that game, besides the fact that, obviously, it's the U.S., and that's what what we care about. But France, and they've put so many different players in the league. They've got all NBA guys. That'll be a really fun way to start the Olympics. I, I look forward to something like that. Yeah, France has eight to ten like legit players, and they have a lot of young talent. This they have a chance to medal in this Olympics, but they are the host for the 2024 Olympics. That'll be the end of Rudy Gobert's prime, but a lot of these younger guys will be coming into their own. You know, you have Theo Maladon, those kind of guys. But then you just have a legit, experienced group with guys like Nick Batum and Evan Fournier and Nando Nicolo, who played it for the Spurs for a little bit, but has really been a star in Europe. Like they have legit starting five. And probably are 10 NBA players deep. There's kind of four teams that are 10 NBA players deep that you really think can compete for a medal. So really excited to see what happens with France. But I'm circled Paris 2024 as a chance for France to possibly upset and get a gold medal, which would be amazing. They just get a medal, even a single bronze medal, would do wonders for Rudy Gobert's Hall of Fame case. It really would. And the thing that people have to remember about that Hall of Fame case is that the Basketball Hall of Fame is just that. It's a Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's not the College Basketball Hall of Fame, though there is one. I've been there. It's in Kansas City. It's actually pretty cool. They've got a full-size court. You can go and shoot around and some different shooting games you can play. I digress. But, (laughs) yeah, it would. It would make a huge difference for Rudy's Hall of Fame candidacy. Then we've also got Iran, and tell me about this, uh, the 
qualifying tournaments that are going to be played to round out the, the teams that are already now in the Olympics. Yes, yeah, so Iran doesn't have any NBA players. They're not very good. I wouldn't worry about them too much. But, yes, there are four Olympic qualifying tournaments. And so how these tournaments work is it's six teams, uh, two groups of three. And so they play a two-game regular season, per se, you know, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then they have Friday off, and then they play a four-team single elimination tournament on Saturday and Sunday. And the winner of that six teams gets in the Olympics. So, actually, you have 24 teams fighting for those four spots. That's June 29th to the 4th of July. I'm super, super excited for that, because that's where a lot of NBA players have to figure things out. This is how Croatia qualified in the 2016 Olympics, which, trivia question, what player led scoring in the 2016 Olympics? Boyan Bogdanovich, who went on a huge tear to A, get Croatia to win the Olympic qualifying tournament, and then B, just ball down the Olympics. Not that Croatia is any real, real threat, but Boyan is a wonderful, wonderful international player. So this will, the Jazz, not the Jazz, well, the United States will get to play the winner of the Victoria Olympic qualifying tournament, which features um, Giannis in Greece, and then Canada, who just has a billion NBA players and Nick Nurse's coach. So that is during the conference finals. Um, and this is the only Olympic qualifying tournament in America. The other three are in Europe. And as I said, the two teams there to watch are Greece and Canada. So I do wonder where the scenarios lie of does, you know, this question is, does Greece have Giannis or not? Or is Giannis on his way to a championship or at least a finals appearance? Um, it is close. As I said, it's up in Vancouver. Hmm. So there is a possibility the season ends and Giannis is there the next day. The way the groups are set up. You don't really have to worry about the two-game regular season because you only need one win, and they're playing, you know, China. Um, so they can take care of They should be able to beat China without Giannis. So really the question is, is Giannis there for Greece when they play Canada for the Olympics on July 4th? Um, and that's that's the question there. And even if he is there, Nick Nurse is a great coach, and Canada has a ton of talent. You know, Shea Gildas-Alexander, um, Andrew Wiggins, and a whole bunch of other guys. That uh, I think Jamal Murray is actually Canada eligible, too. So yeah, he should be. So there, and... That would be a really, really fun final on the 4th of July to get in. And Giannis needs to be at the Olympics for his. He had an awful, awful World Cup. That's the reason they're in this qualifying tournament. So that's kind of the most fun, one of the most fun um, Olympic qualifying tournaments. And the winner of that Greece-Canada game theoretically will be in the United States group as well. It's interesting as you talk about this is something we haven't had to deal with with the NBA in the past. The NHL does it every year when the, the Winter Olympics come along. They basically send the league on a hiatus for two weeks while the Olympics are happening and send all their stars. And this is the first time the NBA has had the season going on while the Olympics are, are ramping up. And it's going to be really interesting because it's not just the middle of the regular season. It's the, the heat of the playoffs. It's the conference finals. It's the NBA finals when these qualifying tournaments are going to be happening. And so Thanks for tuning in today. It's season two of Home Court Press with McCade Pearson and Brian Priest. Home Court Press can be found on any of your major podcatchers, including Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And please, if you like what you're hearing, remember to share, rate, and review so that we can expand our audience. Home Court Press can also be found on kbear.com. Just go to kbear.com forward slash home court press. Lastly, give McCade Pearson a follow on Twitter at McCadep8. That's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. You can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter as well at bpriest24. That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. As always, thanks for listening to Home Court Press. And take note. Now, back to the show. 
what is the priority? Does the does the priority come down to the team that's paying you, or does it come down to home and country? I I think it's probably a pretty easy choice for most guys, but there are going to be people who are are thinking they're kind of itching to get away. They're like, hey, we're not going to win a championship. Do we really want to advance to the Western Conference Finals when we know we're not actual title contenders? I I don't know. I'm not saying anybody's going to throw the towel in, but we're not going to have like a, a 1918 Black Sox type of scandal. But no, but it is a very very important deal to the superstars from Europe. Luka's in an Olympic qualifying tournament. Jokic is in an Olympic qualifying tournament. I just mentioned Giannis. There's some top tier superstars that are in these Olympic qualifying tournaments that will be right in the middle of the conference finals. I do wonder, so three of them are over in Europe and you're not getting to those. I do wonder, I don't think it's possible, but in the back of my head, just going through all the billion possibilities, is, is there a chance if, you know, Milwaukee's not that far from Vancouver, is there a chance Giannis leaves the Bucks for 48 hours in the conference finals to go play in that championship game, no. just that one final game? No and chance. this is the game I got to play just so we get to the Olympics. I don't think anyone does. I don't think the Bucks want to approve of that. But Giannis wants to get to the Olympics. He wants to represent Greece. It's a huge, huge part of him. Um, he talks about it all the time. There's just some different scenarios out there. As I said, I wouldn't expect that, but it is in the back of my head. That is possible. Milwaukee's not that far Vancouver. If they sweep in the conference finals and they're just waiting for six days for the NBA finals, he's only got to go play 25 minutes to try and get his uh, country in the Olympics. So, you know, as I said, I don't think it'll happen, but there are possibilities. Um, should we move on to Group B? Yeah, let's start talking Group B. Okay, so Group B has a ton of jazz, man. The two teams already in there are Australia with, you know, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, Ben Simmons said he's going to play. Patty Mills is a legend um, in international play. Aaron Baines, you know, they have plenty of plenty of NBA talent. Um, and Nigeria, who's actually really good. Nigeria has like six or seven legit NBA players, Alfred Kaminu, but the jazz have two players that are Nigerian eligible. Um, Adoka Azabuki is eligible to play for Nigeria. Um, so, you know, we didn't mention his ankle injury. Not broken, thank goodness. He'll be out for oh, the season. Oh, it's not? Okay. No, yeah, he did not play last night. It's not broken. It's just a really bad sprain. So he'll be out for the season in the G League, but not a devastating Dak or inherited like injury that initially looked like. Um, but Doka Azabuki is eligible for Nigeria, as is Mioni. So the Jets could have two players playing for Nigeria. Neither played in the World Cup. Um, Adoka obviously was in college and young, and Mioni, I think, got cut at the last minute. Um, but Epe Udo is their starting center. He played in the World Cup, and he's awesome. We all love Epe. And the Epe Udo book club, <laughs> book man. Club that uh, President Obama joined this last round, I saw. So good for Epe. Um, and then the Australia, this is a big Olympics for them. These guys are old. Ben Simmons didn't play in the World Cup, and they lost that overtime game to Spain where Patty Mills missed the game-winning free throw, and they ended up taking fourth place. And they've taken fourth place in, like, four major tournaments now, and none of them have a medal. And so Australia is really, really trying to break through and get a medal before this whole group wraps up with Patty Mills and Joe Ingles and Aaron Baines. And Andrew Bowden retired. We'll see how real that is. Um, I could see him being on the roster and not playing a minute um, just as a thank you for being part of us for 15 years. So we'll exactly see what happens with Australia. Um, but they need a medal. They've taken fourth, like, three or four times. So they just took fourth in the World Cup. So we'll see what happens here. The two Olympic qualifying tournaments here are Croatia's, which is Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, Croatia did not qualify for the World Cup, and they were given a spot to participate in the Olympic qualifying tournament. And this group doesn't really have anyone to compete with Croatia. So I expect Croatia to get into the World Cup, especially if Bojan plays. They have uh, Zubac, is Croatian. It's kind of their other NBA player. But the other guys there are Germany with... Um, Dennis Schroeder and Daniel Tice. Russia doesn't really have anyone right now. Mexico doesn't have anyone right now. Brazil, 
I think Landry Barbosa comes out of retirement um, to play in this Olympic qualifying tournament. He's currently in the Warriors front office, but I think this is his last. I believe I have read that that is the plan for him to yeah. play for Brazil. Um, as I said, it's only four days over in Croatia. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, I mean Saturday, Sunday. Raul Neto is Brazilian, obviously. Anderson Berejal still a thing. He played great at the World Cup. Does he still have great hair? Oh, yeah. He's still... It was super weird watching uh, Barbosa and Anderson Berejal just, like, go off in the World Cup. And you're like, these guys haven't been in the NBA in, like, 40 years. So (laughs) I do expect Croatia to still come out of that group, though. And then the other one is Serbia uh, has a fun little group. They That has a lot of NBA players in it, but nobody... No, where the Dominican Republic, if they got their players to play, would have Carl Anthony Towns and Al Horford, which would be a super fun front court. But neither of them have played. It wouldn't shock me if Cat did play. Um, New Zealand has nobody. Stephen Adams uh, has some bad blood with them that he's refused to play for the national team for some pretty good reasons. You can look into that. Just some moral stuff. And Stephen Adams is a good guy. So he doesn't play for New Zealand. And then Serbia has Jokic and those guys. Um, some other NBA players, uh, Bielitsa and those kind of guys. And they're by far the favorites to come out of this group. And then in the other half of it, you have Puerto Rico with, you know, not too much. Italy has Gautinari and Bellinelli. And then Senegal could have my favorite international duo ever if they got them both to play, is Georges Nyang and Taco Fall. Like, how fun of a front court with that? <laughs> but uh, neither of them have played so far. Nyang has talked about it once or twice, but I don't think he's shown significant interest. Um but there, there's that option there that he is Senegal eligible to play um, if he wanted to. And so I expect the championship there to be Serbia versus Italy. Serbia should win that. Serbia is a top five team, but they lost their World Cup quarterfinal to the Adrian Argentina team. So Serbia should be good here, but we shall see. So that gives you a final group of A, Mioni and Dokazabuki possibly, B, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, Australia possibly, and then C, Boyan Bogdanovic. So you can have four jazz players in that group alone, which would be super fun. Oh, and don't forget former coach in Serbia, Igor Kokoshkov. Yeah, so you have a ton of talent there. It's fun. So that could be a really good group with a lot of jazz men that I'm looking forward to. That, that'll be fun, man. That's It's fun to see the jazz likely so well represented in the Olympics. And pretty much any time you turn the game on, you're going to be able to see a jazz man or at least a coach, some tie to the jazz. And, yeah, they have a they have a lot. Um, Andre Karolinko, I believe, is the president of the Russian team, and I know Boris Diaw is the I don't know if the president's the right word for what Boris Diaw is, but he's heavily involved. He you see him over here in uh, NBA game scouting all the time. He's the espresso where, maker. Yeah, so he's always over here in the United States scouting for the French national team, uh, following the Pistons and Jazz around a lot, trying to figure out how good Sekou Diombo. Yeah, I can't pronounce it Diombo. Anyway, Sekou Domboya. What? Sekou Domboya, I believe. Yeah, there you, there you go. So there's a couple of French players. Vincent Poirier is a bench player for the Celtics. He's always keeping an eye out on the French guys over here. So there are a ton of jazz ties. Um, Group C isn't quite as fun from a jazz perspective. You have Argentina that took silver at the World Cup. Luis Scola is still playing. I knew um, you would bring him up. I think he's 43 at this point. Ah. <laughs> he just he's. I looked up his special career the other day, and he's still playing, I think, in the in Argentina, he might be in Europe, but uh, it's his 27th professional season. Um, he has over 30,000 career points. He was on the gold medal team from 04. He just won a silver in the World Cup. Like He's a no doubt 100% first ballot Hall of Famer. 
and that really frustrates people because they go, Louis Skull, you played like eight years in the NBA. But yeah, he's been a professional basketball player for 27 years and won gold medals and silver medals, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's still balling at 43. He dominated Rudy Gobert in the semifinals last year after Rudy Gobert single-handedly took out Team USA. Um, and yeah, Louis Skull is just a timeless classic. So I guarantee him. you, he's still shooting. Like, I guarantee you, he's still shooting 80 plus percent from 15 to 18 oh, feet. Yeah, you watch these guys, specifically these older players who aren't in the NBA anymore, like Manjo Barbosa and Louis Skull, and you're just like, you like you haven't been in the league for five years. What are you doing? And then just put up like 25 and five every game, and you just get super confused. And you're like, your hair is like 100 percent full on gray. Like, what are you doing? And they just don't care. They just keep playing and. You know, at this point, they're superstars. Louis Cole is obviously the last surviving member of that 0-4 team. You know, you don't have managing or anyone like that. And they still just put it together, won a gold medal, I mean, a silver medal, and good for them. So they will be there in Group C along with Spain, who won the gold medal at the World Cup. So you'll have that rematch on the second game day, um, which will be fun. So, you know, that's a good team, an old, old team. You know, Ricky Rubio, Gasol brothers, who may, might be around, Serge Ibaka might be around. Who knows exactly who they get. Rudy Fernandez is still a thing. So... We'll see exactly how Spain is. Although, as I said, there's coming off the gold medal of the World Cup. So, Spain, Argentina, and then host Japan, um, which obviously Japan's not good at all. The only reason they're in there is because they're the host. So, those are the fun three teams there. And then you do have the fourth Olympic qualifying tournament, which is down in Lithuania. This group's really fun. Uh, Sabonis is eligible for Lithuania. Obviously, his dad played for Lithuania for years and years and years. So, he could be there. South Korea and Venezuela aren't really good. Poland doesn't have any right now. Angola's solid for Africa, but they don't have any NBA players right now. Nigeria's obviously been the one team there. So really what you get down to is the championship of Slovenia, which is Luka and the Drogic brothers, against um, Lithuania, who might have some bonus. And they just have a ton of really, really good European players. You know, that keep them in the top 5, 10 ranked every time. And you go, why is Lithuania in the top 5? They don't have any good NBA players. And then they just have, like, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best players in Europe or something like that. Like, they're just awesome. So that should be a fun championship game between Luka and Slovenia and Lithuania to get in for that final spot, which will give us our final 12 teams. Um, they're doing it a little bit different, so everybody's probably used to you play two groups of six, you play five games, you flip the standings a little bit and play eight teams in a knockout bracket. So here they're doing three groups of four. You'll still have your eight-team knockout bracket, but they're going to randomize the first-round matchups between the group stage and the quarterfinal. So there's no, okay, who do we play if we win, who do we play if we lose? You win your group, you get a top three seed, top four seed, and if you take second and then a couple third-place teams, you get thrown in the bottom, and they just randomize it. So Interesting. no way to tell who the quarter and semifinal matchups will be. We'll have to wait and see. But it should be fun regardless. There's a lot of narrative stuff out there. As we mentioned, Giannis needing to make the Olympics, Luka needing to make the Olympics, Jokic needing to make the Olympics. You have the France-United States game, and that's turned into a little bit of rivalry that Rudy Gobert takes very personally. You have Australia's old group chasing a medal for the first time in forever. There's options there. So it should be lots of fun. Games are going to be on July 25th, July 28th, and July 31st. And then the groups, the knockout stages, August 3rd, 5th, and 7th. And uh, do you want to know what time all these games are at? Uh, so, I'm going to guess super early in the morning. Yeah, so Japan is a about the worst place it could be if you're an American basketball fan. Uh, the four scheduled game times every day for the Mountain Time Zone are 7 p.m., 10:40 p.m., 2:20 a.m., and 6 a.m. So not maybe not quite as bad as you would thought. You know, 6 a.m. is pretty early, and of course 2:20 is right in the middle of the night. But the 10:40 game, 
you can convince yourself to watch a game at 1040 and stay up till 1. And a 7 o'clock game is prime time, right? And so the gold medal game is a morning game. So the gold medal game, I think, will be at 7, I think it's 730 officially, uh, mountain time. So that's perfect. That's like a jazz game. So and the USA is the market team will probably be the first game of every day. So they'll be the morning game, which will be 7 p.m. here in America, give or take a few hours. So that should be fun. So nothing crazy middle of the night unless you're trying to watch Boyan Bogdanovich or Rudy Gobert or Australia or whoever else. And I am. I'm trying to watch all of them, McCade. I will be. Uh, any of you don't follow Itamar, I think it's Itamar. Uh, he's a big Rockets fan from somewhere in the Middle East. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, this last World Cup, he were the only ones up watching because he was in a much friendlier time zone being in the Middle East and then me, and it'd be 3 a.m., and we'd just be talking about the games because nobody else was awake. So there are a couple other international nerds out there that you can follow. Um, yeah, so I'll be up watching all those. It should be fun. A lot of Jasmine uh, around and playing and competitive games, and I don't think USA is a lock to win gold this year, A, just because we don't know who the players are going to be, but B, the, the world's getting a lot more talented. As we mentioned, Australia, France, Canada, um, Serbia, these guys are all 5 to 10 legit NBA players deep. And we're only probably 10, 20 years away from it being a toss-up every uh, Olympic. So USA better win this year, and they better get a gold in 2024, because by 2028, 2032, it could be really, really competitive. One of the big things to remember with the international play is that for many of the other countries, it's a huge point of national pride. So these are guys that have been playing with each other for decades. You know, you look at Argentina, we were talking about Luis Scola and that Argentinian team, that uh, Brazilian team with Barbosa and Anderson Verjao. Anderson Verjao. And so, but we see these teams that have played together for literally decades, whereas the U.S. are just thrown together as an all-star team and they get two, maybe three weeks of practicing together. And now they're not even going to get that because a lot of their guys are going to be involved in the playoffs and they're not going to want to rush from the playoffs straight over to the Olympics. So it's going to be interesting. I, again, wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. The U S are going to be the favorites of course, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them get upended once again and, and lose out on a gold medal just because of the a confluence of different factors that I think is going to make it difficult for for the U.S. team to really come together and play as a team and as a as one unit. Yeah, and we saw that just in the last World Cup with none of the top stars going over. They were led by Donovan Mitchell and Kemba Walker. Miles Turner was their starting center. So they still had, you know, seven, eight, nine all-stars on that team, but they weren't the top, top-tier guys. And... They just, you know, they almost lost to Turkey, who's terrible. They, um, then they get to the knockout round, they get to the quarterfinals, and this continuity team of France just destroys them. Rudy Gobert does his thing, takes care of the paint, and nobody else really did anything on Team USA. Donovan went off, but it was USA couldn't get anything going all game because Rudy Gobert dominated the paint. Nick Batum knows how to play, and Anna DeCole knows how to play, and all these veteran players who've been playing together for a decade. Who played in you know won the medal in the 2014 Olympics and you know played the 2016 oh sorry 2014 World Cup and 2016 Olympics they played you know 10 years together and USA couldn't do anything with Donovan as their best player. Um, so we'll be interesting to see who goes for Team USA. I think Donovan's probably a backup guard on that team but does make it. So we'll see about that. But they I know the NBA is talking to FIBA right now. Normally rosters are due a couple of days before the Olympics. And Team USA is trying, not Team USA, the NBA is trying to convince FIBA to let teams wait until after the finals to decide. Because if the finals is a sweep, everybody should get over there pretty easily. If the finals go seven games, then you might have some finals players missing 
the somebody at the group stage. You know, like if you know that's not. I think nobody in the finals is going to miss the Olympics because they were in the finals. If Giannis is in the finals and he misses the first two group games, but he can get over there for the third group game in the knockout stage, I think they do that. Obviously, so just something to keep an eye on. I think they're going to figure it out. We should see any NBA player that wants to participate be over there. Um, but as I said, we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I love the Olympics. I nerd out over this. I already have my schedule based. I'm going to watch this game, then I'll watch that game, then i watch this game for the Olympic qualifying tournament. They haven't announced game times yet for the actual Olympics just days. So I'm all for it. I'll be watching. It'll be great. All right. So Home Court Press, you, you've heard it here first that we are going to be your location for Olympic basketball information come this summer. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, it'll be great. With what do we what do we count? Up? What was the final tally? Joe, Rudy, Adoka, Nioni, Donovan, Boyan, Wolfo, George Yang in there. Um, the Philippines didn't even qualify for the Olympic qualifying tournament, but that's where Jordan Clarkson is eligible to play and has played in the past. So just have eight guys that are eligible and five or six that consistently play and should be in the Olympics. So it should be a fun. You should be able to watch a jazz player basically every day if you're into that. So it'll be great. All right, McCade, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at McCade P8, that's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. You can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter, at BPriest24, that's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. And if you like what you're hearing from Home Court Press, please remember to share, rate, and review the show. Also, give it a subscribe, so you, you show up every day, and it, it'll be right there in your feed every time there's a jazz game. Uh, we apologize for the little bit of a hiatus this week. Scheduling is going to be tough all spring semester. So we're going to do our best to get the updates and uh, the regular weekly shows up. But I think that's all we had, McCade. So do you want to take us out today? Check out.